0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay,
1: here we go. Been looking forward to this. Remember that there's what I believe is a chronological flow between seven seals. And the seventh seal opens up seven trumpets. And the seventh trumpet opens up seven bowls. And so there's a chronological progression that goes through the tribulation period. And we're right here at the end of the seven trumpets. We're actually at the seventh trumpet. At least we're going to read it here in this chapter. So let's get to it. Revelation 11. Here we go. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And an angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. Well, this doesn't sound like we're talking about the temple in heaven. This sounds like we're talking about a temple on earth. Well, let me just tell you, the temple the the what the jews consider the second temple which is kind of like the third temple because there was the original temple of solomon and then that was destroyed and then there was zerubbabel's temple but herod in a sense completely rebuilt the temple but the jews don't accept that herod would build their temple so they see that as a great embellishment of the temple and in an essence it was because Uh, He just didn't destroy Zerubbabel's temple, but he really built it up. And the temple that Herod built, the second uh, temple, the second temple period, that's the temple that Jesus came to. But you remember in 70 AD, that temple was destroyed some 40 years after Jesus ascended back to heaven. So since 70 AD, for roughly 2,000 years, there has been no temple on the earth, but here, John is being told, he's been given something of a tape measure, a rod, and he's saying, measure the temple. But he said, but not the outside court, because that's been given to the Gentiles. And it says, and they, the Gentiles, will tread the holy city. So we are talking about in Jerusalem. They will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. Now, 42 months is the, the Bible's way, the Prophetic way of saying three and a half years, or this is about half the time of the tribulation period. So he says the Gentiles will will tread the holy city underfoot for forty two months, and verse three, and I will give power to my two witnesses. Now, do you remember we've been paralleling uh, the Passover and things that happen in the Passover as prophetic uh, symbols? for what happens in the tribulation period and the book of Revelation. And so here's another parallel that we had mentioned before, but it's worthy of bringing up now. And that is just as Moses and Aaron were sent to be two witnesses to address Pharaoh. Now we have these two witnesses in the book of Revelation. So let's see who they are. And I will give power, verse three, to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,000, Two hundred and sixty days. Now that's another way of saying forty-two months. This is three and a half years, and of course, uh, uh, Jewish year being three hundred and sixty days. Okay, so uh, prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. They're going to come, and they're going to be clothed in sackcloth. Okay, verse. Four, these are the two olive trees, and so he's referring back now to prophecies in the Old Testament. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. Now, you can imagine in a a day where there's technology, this would be world news that these two witnesses come on the earth. And of course, The world is at attention because of all these plagues. Half the world, at least half the world's population, has been killed by this point in the tribulation period. And so everybody is paying attention to what's happening. So you got these two witnesses now that are there. And anybody that tries to attack them, fire comes out of their mouth and devours people. So it goes on to say, and if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. Manner, Okay. So verse six, these, these two witnesses, watch this, have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Well, isn't that interesting that we just happen to have a prophet of old, Elijah, who uh, prophesied that it wouldn't rain except at his word. And so it went those years without rain. And we also have another prophet, Moses, who called plagues down on Egypt. And it's also interesting that on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Peter, James, and John were there with Jesus, that Jesus was transfigured, and they saw with him Moses and Elijah. And so, and Jesus had said, some of you won't taste death till you see the Son of Man standing in his kingdom. And so, Peter, James, and John saw, and we'll just call it a vision, okay, Uh, they saw in this vision Jesus in his second coming glory and he was talking with Moses and Elijah and it seems to me very clear though it doesn't have their names here that this is who uh, the two witnesses are Moses and Elijah and so it says that they can uh, they can stop the rain and they can also call these plagues down on the earth as many times as they want Verse seven, when they finish their testimony, so they have a particular assignment to give testimony. Here's another opportunity for the people on the earth to repent, another opportunity for them to call on the Lord. But it's interesting that people are so hard-hearted by this time that we're not seeing this happen in large numbers. So it says, when they finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. We're talking about Jerusalem. So spiritually, in other words, it's been destitute spiritually, called Sodom, which is, you know, Sodom was known for its evil and perversion. And Egypt was known for its wickedness and idolatry. And he said, but it was where our Lord was crucified. So we know for sure that these two witnesses were killed by the beast, which came out of the bottomless pit. We're talking about the Antichrist. And they're killed by him uh, when they finished their testimony, not before. And their bodies are lying there in the street of Jerusalem. Verse 9, Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into grave. So they're just lying in the street, as it were, uh, for three and a half days. And with modern-day technology, television and such, the whole world is watching these images Uh, on the news, so to speak, but likely this will be on about any channel that's available. They're looking at these dead bodies who no one could touch, no one could harm them, but all of a sudden, this beast has the power to kill them when their testimony is finished. And now three and a half days, they're just lying in the street. Verse 10, And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. You can see they're making merry, so glad they're dead. Instead of repenting and turning to the Lord and listening to the testimony of these two witnesses, they're glad they're dead. You can see the hardness of heart of the people who were on the earth. Verse 11, now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet, talking about these two witnesses who were dead. After three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them like God breathing into Adam's nostrils, the breath of life. God's breath entered them, the life entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. You can imagine. Verse 12, And they heard a loud voice, from heaven, saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud. That's the way Jesus ascended to heaven. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. They watched all of this happen. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city, we're talking about Jerusalem, a tenth of the city of Jerusalem fell in this earth, earthquake, or we might say collapsed, and uh, Uh, Fell in the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. So notice now we're seeing them beginning to give glory to God. In other words, to acknowledge that God is powerful and He is the one that is judging and bringing these things to pass. Verse 14 The second woe is passed, and of course, the second woe related to the sixth trumpet. He says, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. The third woe would be the seventh trumpet. All right, verse 15. Here it is. I've been waiting to get to this. The seventh angel sounded uh, or blew the seventh trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world, listen to this loud voices. In heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, remember back in the former chapter, the chapter 10, that uh, it was said that upon the sounding or in the days of the sounding of the seventh trumpet, that the the prophecies of old would be fulfilled. The mysteries that were prophesied would be finished and fulfilled in the days of the sounding of the seventh trumpet. Well, here the seventh trumpet just sounded, and now these voices are booming loudly, uh, and they're saying the kingdoms of this world have become something is being accomplished here. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell down on their faces and worshiped God. Now listen to what they said. They worshiped God saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. See, uh, when you're in heaven, oh, you don't want wickedness to keep going. You want God to exercise His power and to put a stop to it and to reign. Why? Because then there will be peace. Then there will be righteousness. But God has to deal with the wickedness of the world first. Now listen to this. Because you have taken your great power and reign, verse 18, the nations were angry and your wrath Has come and the time of the dead. Oh, listen to this. And the time of the dead that they should be judged. We're here at the end now, they're saying. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints. So we have the judgment of the wicked, and we also have the time of the reward of the prophets and the saints. We're talking about believers. This would include Jews and Gentiles alike. So, your servants, the prophets, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints. So, notice here, uh, chapter 10 said that in the days that the seventh trumpet sounded, there would be a fulfillment, a finishing of the mystery of things that had been uh, prophesied by the prophets of old. Okay, so now, uh, when this seventh trumpet sounds, and these voices begin to speak, and then the 24 elders begin to praise God and to worship him and say these things, they say, look, it's happening now. Finally, it's happening. You're using your power. You're Bringing this thing to an end, you're bringing it to culmination, and the wickedness is going to be judged, but also the reward of your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. So God's going to bring judgment on the wicked, and God's also going to bring reward to the people of God. Verse 19, then the temple of God was opened in heaven and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Now that's the end of the chapter, but I want to sit on this for a minute because this is the seventh trumpet and this seventh trumpet sounds and heaven, let's say it this way, heaven goes nuts that this happened, that we got to the seventh trumpet. There's something about this seventh trumpet. What is it about this seventh trumpet? Well, something has come to a conclusion. Something is happening now on this seventh trumpet. Well, let's look at it. Hold your place there, and let's look at three different texts quickly. Turn over to the 24th chapter of Matthew. You remember in the 24th chapter of Matthew, the disciples asked Jesus to tell him, Uh, when will these things take place? Jesus had prophesied the destruction of that temple, and they said, when will these things take place, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And so he begins to talk to them about this in Matthew 24. And look at the ninth verse. Uh, He he talks about the destruction of the temple, but notice this, verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation And kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. So he gets into the tribulation period here, among the destruction of the temple in seventy A.D. He begins to get into the tribulation period. Look at the ninth, or the excuse me, the fifteenth verse. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Well, this abomination of desolation, that's the Antichrist. And he says, when he's standing in the holy place. Well, the holy place is the temple. And so Daniel, back in Daniel chapter 9, and also mentioned in chapter 11, the 31st verse, and also the 11th verse of chapter 12 He prophesies about the Antichrist, and in chapter 9, he says that he's going to make an agreement like a covenant for seven years, but in the middle of it, he's going to break the covenant. He's going to stop animal sacrifice, and he's going to end up going into the temple where he's not supposed to be. See, and Daniel prophesies this, but Jesus says in verse 15, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Well, let me tell you, right now, there's no temple. Jerusalem. So there must be a temple that's erected there on Temple Mount, and then the Antichrist is going to go in. Well, this happens, it seems apparent from Daniel's prophecies, in the middle of the seven-year tribulation period that this happens. But notice this now. Come over to verse 29. Jesus is talking about all the things that are going to happen here. Look at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, Well, that's pretty clear language, isn't it? Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give us light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. We've been reading about a lot of this. Verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming They'll see the Son of Man, notice, they'll see Him coming, not just an instant He's here. Uh Uh-uh. No, they'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Watch this. And He will send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet. A what? A trumpet. With a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven, to another, When is the elect gathered? When Jesus begins to come after the tribulation of those days, and he begins to come, then this great trumpet blasts. And then he, he sends these angels to gather from all over the earth, all of his elect. All right, now come back over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and come down to the 13th verse. And notice it says this, and I know I don't normally go around, but because uh, the rapture is such a big deal, it's important to look at these texts and just to see what do they say. Let's let the Bible talk. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and come down to the 13th verse, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. He's talking about believers who died. Okay, concerning those who are falling asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, or who have already died, who were in the Lord, they were saved. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, so this is real, this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, wait a minute, somebody said, Well, I thought believers can't be alive and remain to the coming of the Lord because they're going to get raptured at the beginning of the tribulation. Listen, just let the Bible talk. Let let the Bible say what it says. Paul said, we believers who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or believers who have already died. For the Lord himself will descend... Just exactly what Jesus taught us in Matthew 24, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Watch this. With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. Isn't that interesting? There's a trumpet sounding, and Jesus is coming back. Let's see what happens. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain. Oh, so believers will who have not yet died are still here when Jesus is descending from heaven with a shout and this trumpet is blasting? Well, that's what the Bible says. It says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. There's the rapture. Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So Jesus doesn't make it down to the earth. No, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is such clear language in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Notice a trumpet blast. Jesus begins to ascend, just like he taught in Matthew chapter 24. And he's coming down in a cloud, but in the air. Uh, those who are dead in Christ, the bodies will rise first and be rejoined, become immortal, incorruptible, according to 1 Corinthians 15, and, and they'll get that first. Then we who are alive, anybody living who is a believer on the earth at that point, are caught up. The elect is pulled together to him, as he said in Matthew 24, to meet the Lord in the air. And he said, comfort one another with these words. This is going to happen. Okay, but let's look at one more. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this is an important one because this also mentions a trumpet happening, but it gives a detail that I think is a very important detail. So the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians And come down now to, excuse me, the 51st verse. Listen to what Paul said. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. This is a mystery. We won't all be dead when this happens. That's what what he said. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Whether you have died or whether you haven't yet died, we'll all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. He mentions a trumpet, but he says, it's not just any trumpet, it's the last one. Well, how many are there? There are seven. I mean, he just nailed it. It's on the seventh one. This is why it was such a big deal in chapter 10, that the fulfillment, the finishing of the mystery of what the prophets have prophesied, the fulfillment where our our salvation is complete. We're spiritually born again if you're in Christ now but the rest of you has not changed. You haven't put on incorruption. You haven't put on immortality as 1 Corinthians 15 tells us. But here is the chapter that explains this to us. But he said, I'm telling you a mystery. We won't all sleep. We won't all have died by this point. And he said, but here's what will happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, well, he just nails it. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So he just nails it and says, when is this going to happen? It's going to happen at the last trump. Well, praise God. You know, the book of Revelation is not a book that tries to preach to us that there's an escape This book is to prepare us to endure until this point. He who endures to the end will be saved. We have to endure. We have to be prepared. These things will happen. And folks, these things might just happen in our lifetime. But that's exactly when the Bible says, at least my reading of it, and a lot of people agree. I think most scholars agree with this, that uh, I've taught it the other way, too. But I believe that this is the way that just naturally all these prophecies read. And you have to insert other things in to make it say anything different. But, folks, it is going to happen. There is really a rapture. And it's going to happen at the seventh trumpet. Praise God. We are going to get out of here. And listen to this. We get out before the seven bowls because the seven bowls are the outpouring of the wrath of God. And uh, Paul tells us that we are not appointed to wrath. And so before the wrath is poured out in the seven bowls, we're going to be out of here. And so somebody said, well, I thought Jesus was coming. He is, but these bowls are going to be poured out. So we'll read about it. But uh, this is powerful text. And I hope that this is helping you to understand a little bit more the book of Revelation. I'll see you tomorrow, chapter 12.
0: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.